Mrs. A.J. Jones. Mr. Alan Jones. How are you? I'm good. I still feel uh, like I'm recovering from being cold and wet all day. Is that because you were cold and wet all day? Yes. Well, once my hair is wet, it takes hours to dry, and we ended up getting wet today. We got wet today because we were out in the rain. And? We both got dunked in the dunk tank. Yeah, that people paid to dunk their pastors. I think there's something wrong with that. <laughs> it was a little traumatic. Was it? Well, maybe traumatic's too strong a word. But it was a little intense, sitting... Just waiting, not knowing if you're going to... And sometimes it would hit the kaklunk, but it wouldn't go down. Yes. And so your body would react as if you had been dropped into the water. Yes. And you were like one of the first people up, so people were very excited about sinking you. There was like a lineup. <laughs> or or they just wanted to dunk me. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to go with the nicer notion... No, I'm going to go with the nicer notion that... It was because you were near the beginning. It was a novelty factor. Yes. Okay, let's go with that. We've had a pretty busy week-ish. I still feel mm -hmm. out of the loop since the Moore Conference. I do too. Because, of course, we had Memorial Day on Monday, which is like a Monday off for those of you who are not American. So British people think of a bank holiday Monday, which I think it was for you guys as well. Mm -hmm. But we had a bunch of people over for a last-minute kind of barbecue thing that we sorted out. Yeah, we sort of did the thing of, oh, it's our first Memorial Day Monday where we don't have a conference. Right, because we used to... What do people do on Memorial Day? Yeah, because we used to run the Moore Conference on... Memorial Day. On Memorial Day. Yeah, so we decided to have an impromptu barbecue, which was really fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what we've done. We've had tons of people contact all week. Yes. Because we did a wedding this weekend, Alley and Park's wedding. Yes. Which I think we should comment was... Catered by Chick-fil-A, which was sheer genius. It was sheer genius. But there was lots that was sheer genius about that wedding. Like the Yoda cake? Yeah. That, at the, well, that wasn't for the wedding. That was for the rehearsal. But yes, there was a Yoda uh, cake. And the Well Coffee House did like a whole, you know, while they're off getting their pictures. Because they didn't do the first look thing. We were there. Everybody was there when they saw each other for the first time, which was awesome. Because he bawled. And... And then in between time, while we're waiting for the food, um, the Well Coffee House was there making amazing coffee. Like they had like a portable espresso machine and everything. Which, yes, there was great comments on the coffee. Oh, so good. They don't, I don't drink oh, coffee, so but they had a popcorn machine too, so that kept me happy. Which is great because you think like a lot of weddings, you, you serve like fancier hors d'oeuvres and stuff, but half the time you can't tell what it is. Everybody likes popcorn. Yeah, who doesn't like popcorn? Right. Seriously. Perfect. Who are you? I mean, even the dog liked the popcorn. I'm just kidding. So anyway, it was, yeah, it was great. But, you know, Chick-fil-A, if, if you haven't tasted Chick-fil-A, it is fast food. But I actually dug out a video of one of our first times ever eating Chick-fil-A. And this was years ago when we actually had a video podcast. I should see if I can find all of them and post them on our site just for a laugh. They're so old. <laughs> They're so old. But think how much thinner and younger we look. Yeah, let's post them. <laughs> <laughs> but Chick-fil-A is just absolutely delicious. And if we were to get married again, I'd want Chick-fil-A to cater our wedding. Uh, what? But I'm looking at your face and I'm thinking, good job we're not getting married again. Let's <laughs> good, move on. Good job we're not. <laughs> I have a piece of follow-up from last week. 
Okay. Last week, I quipped that we went on our annual walk around Radnor Lake, and you seemed slightly taken aback that I referred to it as our annual walk, correct? Well, I thought we went more than once. But on checking our show notes, yes, I posted this year's annual walk around Radnor Lake on May 25th. Oh. And the last time we walked around it was June 2nd. So within a week of a year. But did we not go twice last year? Oh, I took Abby another time. See, if I don't go, it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, if you don't go, what part of it doesn't happen? The complaining (laughs) about the bugs and nature. (laughs) Which I think T has picked up on my disgust of the outdoors. It's kind of hard not to pick up on your disgust of the outdoors. I was very brave this week. You were. I did an outdoor wedding and I was at our church family picnic. You were so brave. And I didn't complain at all. Yeah, and all those lions and tigers and wild animals that were there. I Let's mean, move on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our subtopic, before we get to our main topic this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about the podcast feedback. You guys were amazing. If you remember, or if you just tuned in and you don't know what we're talking about, about two weeks ago. We put up a survey asking for a whole bunch of feedback, and you guys filled it out, and it was amazing. It was astonishing, wasn't it, babe? It really was. It was super encouraging, because I think I alluded to this before, that podcasting is kind of a one-sided adventure like aj and i are sat in our pajamas we're upstairs in our spare room we're looking at each other and recording this thing it's going to be posted on monday and short of you know emails that you guys send in or tweets or comments on you know itunes or whatever we up until last week didn't really know how or if you enjoyed this and it was amazing you know about 100 of you took the time to give us feedback so i'm not sure we can take that as a representative sample nodding back to my statistical analysis day in university but nevertheless it was a hundred more pieces of information than we had prior to doing that right and people won stuff didn't they they did yeah Yeah. if you um we sent out an email to our winners yesterday so check your email also check your junk folder because it's likely it's an email coming to you from an address you've never had email before but yeah it was so good to just wade through this feedback and You guys were very, very complimentary, and it was a huge encouragement. And I think because my first language is words of affirmation, I was just on this high for the last two weeks reading all the input or reading all the feedback as it came in. Yes, you would randomly tell me little bits of things or read me little bits of comments and things like that. All right, well, we wrote up an article on our website. If you go to alanandaj.com slash blog, you can see some of the statistics there uh, and a summary of the, the data that came in. But it turns out 66% of people who filled that in are from America. America. We love America. Mm -hmm. God bless America. (laughs) Miranda, get back in your shell. (laughs) AJ, you just offended 66% of our (laughs) listeners. No, only those from Alabama. (laughs) What percentage is that? I don't know. Okay. Um, 22% of you are from the UK. Let's hear your, your various UK accents. Okay, you've just offended everybody in Scotland, <laughs> if indeed that was Scotland. I gotta give me some haggis. <laughs> that was horrible. Just You need to cut that out. That was just so bad. So leaving it in. No. Do you want to alienate our <laughs> English audience? Um, uh, no. What I, about our Welsh listeners? Our Welsh. Oh, it's a pot of rainbow. It's, it's no. a pot of rainbow. <laughs> It's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's Jesus. (laughs) Maybe that was Irish. (laughs) All right, let's move on from offending our listeners. Wait, 6% of our listeners came from Canada. E. 
Okay, well, you can make fun of Canadians because you are one. <laughs> Canadians well, will all understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Uh-huh. Okay, anyway. To you got to re- leave that part in, babe. <laughs> okay, I will. Okay, it's I'm fascinating. <laughs> if you would like to read the rest of the uh, feedback that came in, head on over to alanaj.com slash blog and you, you should see that. One of the things that I didn't write in the article because I just worked it out is the average length that people would like our podcast to be is 51 minutes. We are going to have to do more yodeling. We, we can make that happen. I apologize. I don't know what's got hold of it. Our main topic this week is influenced by one of our listeners' questions. Yes. So this is from Laura Beth. And it says, uh, so the topic of dreaming and destiny seems to be talked about quite a bit recently. As I've actually sat down to think about it, I've begun to wonder, what's my dream? What's my destiny? What does that look like for me? And how can I get there? And am I living it now? I started to think of other people that I look up to, like the two of you, for example. My question is, do you think you guys are living your destiny right now? Or do you think you have a greater destiny? Do you actually know what your destiny is? Do you think a person has more than one destiny? Is destiny something you arrive at or something you live in? Has there ever been a moment that you thought, ah, this is it. I'm living my dream or my destiny right now. That's an amazing collection of questions. It is. Where would you like to start, AJ? Well, I think, I guess I think destiny is a process or process, depending on where you're from. Go on. Do I think I'm living in my destiny? Yes. I think I'm living in my current destiny, but I think that destiny is something that grows as you walk out your relationship with the Lord. So I think I'm on the path of my destiny, living my destiny right now, but not living my future destiny because I think that it's bigger. That's a great answer. Thank you. Because I think we're here because we said yes to the door that God opened six years ago to come here. Mm-hmm. I think... I think too, like, I still have a bunch of dreams that I know are God dreams that I haven't seen fulfilled. So I know, I know I'm not done. You know what I mean? I know, I know, I, and, and to qualify that, I love what we do and I don't want to work anywhere else. And I don't necessarily think that the things that God has for me means we will be somewhere else, but I think things just get bigger. I don't know how to explain it other than that. It, would it be fair to say that God's shown you stuff in addition to what you're doing? Yes. That has a greater impact than what you're currently doing? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Right. I think if you look at someone like Joseph, mm-hmm. you'll probably pick anybody in Scripture. But Joseph's a, a great example for this one. So his destiny was foretold in dreams way before any of it came to pass. And if you... Just take a high-level interpretation of those dreams. Basically, they're saying, Joseph, you're going to be a person of influence. You're going to be an authority over others. Your life is going to be marked by favor. Right. And then if you look at any aspect of his life or any journey, any season of his life, all those things were true. Right. For example, the pit, the prison, the palace. You can see elements of his destiny. Yeah. And he didn't actually have to wait until the palace to see that destiny fulfilled. So, for example... When he's in prison, there's so much favor on him that the head guy in the prison puts Joseph in charge of everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, what's that? That's a foreshadowing of what his life is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And so you just see this framework, I guess, in Joseph's life that adapts to any 
geographic situation or every life situation he faces, it is just, you know, flesh of that destiny is hung on the skeleton of his destiny. I'm not even sure if that makes sense. Sure. So basically, Joseph is walking in his destiny in every moment just because his heart basically is synced with the Lord. Right. And the destiny just keeps unfurling and getting bigger. Right. And obviously, you see the dreams he had as a boy absolutely fulfilled at the end of his life where literally his family is bowing down before him. Right. But all through his life, you see woven into the circumstances and the fabric of his life, his destiny. Yes. So do we think we're living our destiny right now? Absolutely. Right. I think we've found that in our life that God may give you a vision for your life, but most prophetic words and most revelations show you the destination. It doesn't show you the journey. Right. So... You know, here we are in Nashville doing what we do and doing what we love, but none of us, none of us, plural, neither you or I would have guessed this would have happened five years ago. No. And do we have moments where you go, wow, this is it and I've arrived? Yeah, kind of, like all the time I think, gosh, I get to do this. Like I get to be in full-time ministry, loving people, training people, you know, preaching, like I get to do this. For right. a living. It's like I get to do the fun stuff for a living. And in the context that we're in. I mean, we just love Grace Center so much. Yes. Love Jeff and Becky. Love the staff that we work with. Again, five years ago, we didn't know these people existed. So we wouldn't have been able to plan this destiny. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, though, to be paid to be at church because I'd be there anyway. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway. But Laura Beth, you asked, do we think we have a greater destiny? I I hope so. If this is the sum total of anointing that I'm going to have in my life, I wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I love that I can teach and prophesy and minister the love of God, but I absolutely think I'm in the shallow end of what God actually wants to pour out on the earth. Yeah, dude, I totally want to raise the dead. Like, I did wanna... you just call me dude? I did. I did. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> I mean, I I want to I want to see so much more of the kingdom, right? And so we're we're volunteering for that, and I also think that God will give you more of whatever you steward well. Yeah, I I tweeted I think last night. I don't know I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking about the whole right now is practice for your future, and mm-hmm. I think I made some comment of if you're not stewarding what you if you're not being responsible with what you have, what makes you think you'll be responsible what you want to have, right? And so my question is, like, what are you stewarding now that God could breathe on that would look like what you will be stewarding in the future? You know, one of the tricks of life is reconciling what is happening now in your life with what you want to be happening. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff was teaching this morning, and he talked about Abraham getting an incredible prophetic word about your, you know, you're childless right now, but you're actually your descendants are going to measure more than the stars. Yeah. And it took 25 years before he had this first descendant. Right. Like, what do you do for those 25 years? And how do you keep from getting bitter or losing faith, losing hope? Well, I think you just get on with life. Yeah, you push into God and you do what's in front of you. That's that tension where often everything makes sense in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a school teacher, for example, I was like, oh God, this really isn't what I planned on doing with my life but you've actually led me here. So I'm going to try and be the best teacher I can for your glory. 
Little did I know that the years I was working as a teacher was preparing me for what I do now. Like you work so hard as a school teacher. Yeah. The speed with which you have to develop curriculum and classes and courses. Well, that's literally what we are doing in this summer. Yes. And that's what we do every week, you know, in preparing teaching. So I never would have thought that what I was doing then would have prepared me for what I'm doing now. So that's our encouragement to you. If you are getting up and it's Monday morning as you're listening to this and you're going to a job you don't like, take great encouragement. It's the training ground for what God's going to do next in your life. You know, I, I think we've talked about this before, but we always try and do everything as unto the Lord. You know, like... I get it. It's not fun to work at, you know, Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or, you know, wherever. It might be. But it, yeah. I mean, if you can go in there, though, and just have fun representing God where you are, it makes it so much better. Like, I was just thinking when you're talking about teaching, when I worked at National for five years, other than when I was in sales, which was only about maybe seven months of it, I loved working at National, even though I was in a garage and, you know, all that, just because I was like, there's so much opportunity to love people and walk out the gospel here. And, and I had so many wild things happen, you know, that were so fun. And even before that, like working in restaurants, got to lead people to the Lord and just be somebody in that place that knew God. But even if you think... I mean, that's all amazing. What you said is amazing. But even if you think about the practical training you got working for an international company, mm-hmm. like, you know, for one season, those five years, you were paid to basically pass to the staff. Yeah, for like a, about a year and a half. I was going to say an hour and a half. For an hour and a half, I got paid. Uh, yeah, it was about a year and a half. To I was totally paid to just meet with the management, talk to them about their dreams and what their goals were for their life and you know, all that kind of stuff, and then rearrange them into teams that would work more effectively with each other. And then I basically just got paid to go and meet them, take them out for lunch and see how they were doing. Isn't that funny? That's really funny. If you are wondering where to start with understanding your destiny or how does what I want to happen reconcile with what I think God might want to happen, my encouragement is start with Psalm 27. Verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. In my experience, that was that giving the desires of my heart was twofold. First of all, as you spend time with the Lord and as you literally find delight in him and as you, you know, step into an understanding of him delighting in you, you find that two things happen. First, he gives you the desires of your heart. And what I mean by that is, It's not that he replaces the desires that are in your heart, but there is a sense that he gives you desires because I think that the desires we have in our pre-Christian state often point to what God's built us for anyway, Mm -hmm. but they're often, like I said earlier, in the shallow end of what he plans for us. They're too small. Right. So what I mean is like the, the largest I could dream of, like you know, going back a number of years, the largest I could have dreamt of God doing a favor for me is allowing me to go to Toronto to one of the conferences, having somebody lay hands on me and me receiving, quote unquote, the Toronto blessing. Like that that was what I prayed for and hungered for for years. Yeah. And I just like to think the Lord was like, you are adorable. Look at you. Not knowing that he was actually going to send me there to live, to minister as a representative of that house and, you know, be spiritually adopted by John and Carol and 
have an inheritance there. I mean, that's just, I never in a million years would I have thought of that. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing that God does is he He really does give you, he upgrades, he perhaps even puts a desire in your heart that you didn't know was already there. For example, Heidi comes, exhausted, right. burnt out, just wants to quit the ministry. Right. And yet there she is in the middle of Toronto and the Lord just shows her thousands and thousands and thousands of orphans and children said, would you feed them? Mm. And she was just like, how's that ever going to happen? You know, so that was the Lord giving her a desire of her heart. It became mm-hmm. her desire. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then the gotcha. second thing that happens is he, he literally gives you the desires of your heart. Same phraseology, but different meaning. I think he grants them to you. Mm. So my encouragement is dream really, really big. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really outdream God. But then just hold it lightly and let God direct, you know, wh- wh- how that thing goes down. Yeah, that thing being your life, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, because we, we couldn't have made anything happen that has happened. No. It would have been really ugly to watch. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's the mistake people make is they have an idea of what their destiny is and they try and make it happen. And it's outside of God's timing for it to happen, so it it looks ugly. Right. You know, one of the questions you asked in the multitude of questions that you asked, Laura Beth, and I mean that in, in a really nice way, I loved your question, it was brilliant, was you said, has there ever been a moment where you thought, oh, this is it, I'm living my destiny. And I would say that frequently in the midst of my week or in the midst of our week, we're driving around, you know, Franklin, just doing our grocery shopping or, you know, you know, going to our chiropractor or whatever. And I'm just driving around and I inhale and I just think, God, this is amazing. Like, I feel so grateful and fulfilled and satisfied that we get to live here. But again, I don't think what God is doing right now in our lives is the sum total of what he will be doing we're simply trying to blossom where we're planted and and love where we're at. And we truly do, don't we, babe? Yeah, we really do. I have a question for you, though. Often our prophetic words, mm-hmm. especially the ones that come out of left field, point to our destiny. Yeah. Talk to me about getting prophetic words that mean nothing in the context of your life now, but mean everything in the future of your life. I, I don't understand the question. Well, for example... A number of years ago, you know, early on, you had five major prophets over five years give you the same word. Mm-hmm. And in that context of your life, it meant nothing. Like, No, I thought they were all crazy. You were a waitress. I was a waitress. So in what way did those words begin to sink in and then change the course of your life or change the decisions you were making to, f- to walk out what God was pointing you at? I don't know if those five prophetic words are the best example or not. I mean, I sort of wrote them all off. At a girl. And didn't, I know, right? And didn't really, um, didn't really take them seriously. I mean, I, was, I probably, you, you were saying, you know, the best you hoped for is that somebody from Toronto would pray for you. I think if I was thinking about life down the road, I was thinking, well, maybe one day I'll get married to somebody nice and own a townhouse. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I had big dreams or anything right. like that. Uh, but at that season in my life, my dream was to survive, you know? Um, but I think those dreams were seeds that God watered through, um, giving me a series of dreams about speaking. And because of those dreams and because I knew that God spoke to me through dreams, he got my attention with, well, if you won't listen to them here, you know, here's some dreams. I don't think I know that part. Of your story. Really? No. What dreams did you have? 
the January after the fifth uh, prophetic word, um, I had a dream where I was speaking in a stadium. I was speaking at the Sky Dome, which is the stadium in Toronto. Sure. Um, and it was like a big uh, like worship evangelism thing. And um, I was telling my testimony and a whole bunch of people got saved. And I woke up from that dream and the Lord said, are you going to let me use your life to minister to others? Are you going to let me use your story to bring life? You know, and that's what all five prophetic words had been about ministering and God using my life to heal others. And I remember just thinking, dude, I, you know, I can barely brush my teeth in the morning. Like, this is just too much. But of course, you know, when he's giving you the revelation, it's not like it happens tomorrow. Then there's the process of walking it out and him getting you ready for it. Right. Um, but that, I woke up after that dream and I said, okay, Lord, I know it's you talking. So I know those prophetic words were you too. It wasn't them all missing it. Um, and so I I say yes, but I don't know how you get me there because I didn't like traveling and I didn't like speaking and I didn't like people. <laughs> so there was a journey, a lot of years of healing. You know, I don't want to get too excited here or too, um, I don't know, super spiritual. But you were sharing this story and I'm feeling excited about what God is stirring in the hearts of our listeners, about what God could do just by interrupting your quote-unquote normal life and dropping a different direction or a different vision or a different hope. And that was certainly our story, wasn't it? I We both lived very, very normal lives. And for whatever reason, you know, in in my head, I think I volunteered for a lot of it. I'm, I don't mean that to take credit. What The reason I say that is I think you hear a lot of stories of people who are in ministry or things that you know God has done in people's lives and you just think, oh, I wish I was chosen. And, and that was me. I'd kind of disqualified myself from a lot of stuff. So I volunteered for mm-hmm. it. Like, hey, God, you know what? I'll, I'll do anything, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Right. Like so I'm not trying to point to the awesomeness of Alan. I'm trying to point to the fact that you can volunteer for anything in God's kingdom anytime you want. And I I have a sense that people listening to this are going to stop what they're doing and just say actually yeah God pick me that that's me. Like if there's vacancies in heaven for incredible destinies I say pick me. I'll do anything anytime any place anywhere. Yeah. So if that's you and that's resonating with your heart we're going to lead you in a prayer in a second. All right. You know what was great last week? And by great, I mean awful. What? Our school website went down. Oh, it did. It <laughs> went down. Well, it didn't went down. Our secure certificate that protects all your data expired. And as a result, the, the server didn't operate, which was a good thing, I suppose, but a bad thing in that we just talked about how awesome the school is on our podcast. And mm. when I was preaching last week, played the school video. And so people went to try and apply and couldn't get in. But the good news yes. is it was only down for a couple of days. It's back up right now. It is. Our school is an eight-month school, and we would love it if you would come and spend eight months here in beautiful Tennessee at the Grace Center School of Supernatural Life. It's an incredible school. Go to schoolofsupernaturallife.org to watch video testimonies of students who've been through the school to learn more about the school. And you have until June 15th, not long now, two weeks, to get yes. an application in, but we'd love to spend eight months just watching God transform your life and you learning how to acquire tools to step into your destiny. And if you're one of our alumni and you're still thinking about year two, 
come do it. No, I mean, totally pray about it. But uh, Totally come do it. Totally come do it. <laughs> We're going to have a party. You want to come. <laughs> My wife, the influencer. Sorry, I'm a little excited. And if you would like to ask us a question, we would love to answer your question on air and just talk about whatever you would like. Head over to alanandaj.com slash ask, and we'll do our best to answer your questions. But for now, we would love to pray for you as you are doing whatever you're doing as you're listening to this, that God would invade your life, that he would add to the goodness that's in your life, and that you would begin to have dreams and excitement about what he's called you to, no matter what stage of life you're in. So, why don't you repeat after me? Maybe, maybe, maybe do this. Put your hand on your heart. Leave the other hand on the steering wheel if you're driving. Um, <laughs> but just, to, just say this, Father God. Father God, I want to partner with you. I want to partner with you. And all that you have for me. And all that you have for and me. And the destiny that you have for me. And the destiny that you have for me. And so today. And so today. I say yes. I say yes to all that you have for me. To all that you have for me. And for whatever needs to happen. And for whatever needs to happen. To get me where you want to take me. To get me to where you want to take me. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. We hope you have an incredible week. And we'll be back here same time, same place next week.